men uh, in general, I think a lot of time deal with fear. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of fear and like performance and, you know, am I enough and all the just different stuff that we deal with as, as broken men. But fear when handled well, mm-hmm. when shared, when processed, when brought to the table with others that you're kind of walking through with becomes wisdom and faith. Mm. When not handled well, when buried, when swallowed, when not shared, it becomes anxiety. Okay, let's do this. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work. Is anyone listening? No, don't put that on the air. These two people are really, really funny. This one made me cry. World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA All-Star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. We're the Shimmerbargers. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. Aren't you glad you took my last name? Oh, not really, but that's fine. It's fine. Well, let me tell you something I'm not glad about today. Oh, what is it? Um, man, if there's one thing in relationship that is bound to cause... Tension. Friction. <laughs> oh, I already know what you're going to say. What would it be? Now, in the past, there's we've talked about some things like this before in the past. but I know what this one is, though. because We've talked about moving. Literally, it moving almost causes broke us. Friction. It almost broke our marriage. But there's four letters. Um. There's a four-letter word <laughs> that will forever cause problems in marriage. It's also, so it's Ikea. Yes. But it's also... I freaking Kia. It's also called Swedish hell. <laughs> it's also called... I want to rip someone's throat out. <laughs> Jeff, you're I'm so aggressive. I'm just kidding. Listen, Ikea is it awesome if you're looking for something at a low cost. And... It was the yeah, worst. Cool design. We went last weekend and it was disaster zone. Let's talk about what happened. And almost broke our marriage. But you know what? We came through. We're here. We're on our podcast. We're together. We're okay. <laughs> if you could see his position so of his stress headache. Right what now. had happened was <laughs> we went to IKEA and everyone goes to IKEA somewhere. Now I will I I've realized this the other day that IKEA no. IKEA has some similarities to a casino because there's no light. There's no natural light in the, in the space. They <laughs> make you lose track of time. You whatever. get about two thirds of the way through there, and you've been there an hour. No matter what you do, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, you I can't actually find haven't... your way back out." Yeah, I you can't, have I can't to keep get going. So there's this closet Andre wants in our bathroom. We've both wanted it for a long time. We've wanted a closet, and we decided to go get a cabinet from IKEA, right? Yes. So we got the numbers. We talked to a guy to make sure we had the right size, the, the form, right thing, formula of the all the shelf. pieces. We go to all the places. We get all the things. We lift it all up. We get it all in the car. We do all of it. We, we did it right. We did it. We did it. <sighs> Take a deep breath. And, and then, then we get home. Yes. Unpack it all. So while we're building it, we kept looking at each other. And we're like, this is really big, right? Like this is... Looks kind of big, but Looks we big. just kept building. We were just head down, did the whole thing. Bring it into the bathroom, our new closet. Cabinet closet it's about thing. about six inches too wide. It's like... It wasn't the one that we signed up for. The it wasn't the right bin, line and bin. Line you guys know number. the numbers and letters. <laughs> We've all been there. 
And so, and then the bad the part about it was the match. shelves were the right size. The door was the right size. Everything else was the right size except the monstrosity of the cabinet. So now we have an eight, f- whatever, it's nine so foot tall <laughs> cabinet, three feet wide, which is supposed to be 19 inches. And we can't fit it in our car. How to do take we get it back, back to Ikea? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. It's in moments like this where you either decide you're going to stay together. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we're staying let's, together. Let's, let's get but away from Ikea. But I vowed to Ikea. never go to Ikea again. Let's get away from our Swedish hell. Can anyone relate with let's, this moment? Let's, Everyone can relate with this moment. Let's all take a deep breath. Deep breath. <sighs> and let's move on. Let's move on. Because we have great friends with us today. Well, I think it's a good segue because we do talk a lot about feelings. <laughs> Okay. This one led me to anger. <laughs> Wait, the IKEA one, not yeah. the podcast. No, the podcast was led amazing. me to glad. Okay. So today we have Josh and Susan Robinson. Josh is the executive creative director from an agency called My Friend's Nephew. And then Susan is actually starting a brand new adventure project called Hello, Susan Robinson. Hello. Hello. And so, yeah, you should check it out. HelloSusanRobinson.com. She'll talk a little bit about what it is that she's trying to do through this project in the podcast. This is such a good interview. These two, we were talking to someone else who was sitting with us during the interview and they said to us right afterwards, they were like, man, I could have listened to them all day. Yes, they're awesome. And dear, dear friends of ours. So what should we be listening for? Well, Mrs. (laughs) Schoenbarger, I'd love for you to be listening to three things. One first is the feelings chart. And if you haven't integrated the feelings chart into your relationship, this could be something really life-giving and maybe game-changing. Ooh, I like. How about I that? like. Number two, we're going to talk about hard visions. Yes. And absolutely. number three, finish lines. Are you on the same page? Yes. Chances are probably not. <laughs> Likely Listen, not. Listen, at Ikea, we were not <laughs> at the same page, and we haven't crossed the finish line. I still don't know what we're going to do. All right, so today we have Josh and Susan Robinson. I mean, Josh and I both grew up in very similar homes. Both our parents had been married happily, grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. I moved a lot growing up, lived in Europe for a little while, mainly the Southeast U.S. Josh was always in Atlanta, but we both really didn't find a connection with the church we kind of ran away from it, basically, and felt like it was just a lot of rules and religion. And so by the time we got to college, we were partying. Having a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making a lot of damage. And um, I think we just were after self-pleasure and what we wanted. And um, we kind of collided one night into each other. Um, <laughs> I had made friends with some people he grew up with when I was at Auburn and he was in Atlanta going to school and we went to the Auburn Georgia game and I think there was a how many kegs was it? 32? Yeah. All pretty, empty by the time pretty we got good there. Pretty good sized party. <laughs> <Yeah>. that, um, <laughs> 32 we were, kegs? Yeah. That's, and that's, it was, that was the call I got from my buddy in Auburn. There, oh which, wow. Yeah. yeah. That was the call I got from my buddy in Auburn. He's like there's a 32 kegger in Athens. <laughs> Drive on up. You gotta come. Come meet Drive on up. <laughs> I was I like, mean, how is that even? I'm already painful? in the car. I don't know. <laughs> like, who pays for that? I, don't know. I have no college idea. Students, I don't know. Right? It was like, it was a no large yeah, apartment complex. Yeah. And never, you know, that's why I went yeah. to Auburn and not UGA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Where we go? Right. Let's go. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we we met that night, and yeah, she was the only like that was my previous friend crew from when I was in Auburn, and she was the only one that I didn't know. 
same. So, and saw this redhead. I saw her and walking she, in front of me, and yeah, and he had like over. big pants and all this stuff kid. that didn't look like any of the fraternity guys at Auburn. So I was really attracted to so that. So no khakis yeah. and polos. None of that. Yeah. Like the bad no, no, no. boy. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, I see. I was a raver yeah. kid, so I had. Yeah, the jinkos and the like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine two pairs of pants per leg? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the visor. Yeah, and my nickname was a uh, Raver Backstreet. Yeah, because oh. I looked like a, the Raver version of a Backstreet Boy. <laughs> wow, yeah. all these it's secrets the are coming. So that's this, out there. Now that's back then out there you didn't now. have the a beard. Of the no, no, he was, he, but he had no, chops had, on the side. Oh, yeah. He's always this had some total, sort of facial hair, yeah. like bad boy that you're oh, going it after. Was, it was amazing. It was <laughs> so amazing. you run into each other at this party. Yes, we run into yep. each other. Do he you, comes up and starts talking. Are and you I, sober enough to know? Yeah, yeah. and I kind of do the thing and walk away. You know, let the games begin. Let the games begin. <laughs> and but we pretty quickly knew that something was different. I think we for basically both of that us. weekend, we basically once we once we, the games kind of stopped and we we're like, all right, yeah, let's let's talk. Yeah, we basically locked in and just kind of ignored everybody else yeah. for the rest of the weekend. Yes. Yeah, and we spent. Awesome. I mean, we started dating pretty quickly. He broke mm-hmm. the three day rule and called me the next day. Yep, and um, she hung up with her ex boyfriend to take my call. Yeah, which was awesome. oh yeah, it was a win. <laughs> there you uh, go. Didn't talk one. to him again and. Yep. We just really started dating at that point, and I'd say we were kind of self-destructive together for (laughs) about a year, year and a half, and I kind of had a pretty spiritual experience where I realized this is not what I was made for, Mm. and that there's more to life than the way that I'm living, and um, came out and told Josh, hey... (laughs) Guess what? I'm, um, I'm on the dock, six beers in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the, like, wait, what? <laughs> right? And I was like, I know that this isn't what you, <clears throat> what you signed up for, but this is the direction I'm going to be heading now. And if you want to come with me, then I, I want you with me. And um, thankfully, he said, okay. Yeah, well, I had, you know, like she said earlier, we've got parents that are all still married. And so my family dynamic was... A little different growing up, a little bit like a pastor's kid. My dad was in a corporate, a Christian company. And so, um, you know, I kind of grew up in that kind of very religious and legalistic environment. Mm -hmm. And so, but the one thing that I did really hold on to tightly um, in in that season, because I wasn't holding on to much, Mm -hmm. was the picture of my parents' marriage. Mm. And so when she came out and said that to me, I'm sitting there like, okay, what does this mean? What does it mean? But then (laughs) the idea of, like just an image of my mom and dad fully mm. committed to each other, mm. like through everything they'd ever been through right. and knowing that I wanted that with her. Mm. Oh. I was like, okay, I don't know if I totally want to stop running down this road, but I know that I'd rather be on a road with you than mm. not with you. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's Wait, beautiful you were, right no, there. You were dating then. We yeah. were still we're dating, still dating. Okay. and, um, I kind of jumped in really quick to trying to find a place to go to church and trying to serve it. I was serving at Atlanta Mission and just really trying to turn things around and full one eighty. Yeah, full one eighty. And yeah. and and we found our road. Like we found our place and we found, um, I think, a, a true identity of who we were and started facing the reasons that we were behaving the way that we were mm-hmm. and um, yeah. started the the healing process. and But as we got engaged and got married, I think we had swung so far to one side in the extreme of kind of running away from all these things that we had seen growing up that we 
thought, okay, like Josh saw his parents and he thought, if we're going to be successful, this is what we have to do. It has to look like that. It has mm. to look like this. And so we swung really far over yeah. to the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to work for a company. I'm Once we have kids, going to stay home and we're going to do things this way because this is the way we've seen successful people do it. Mm. And um, I think we kind of walked into the early years of our marriage um, with that mentality and adopting some, that. Yeah. We kind of just adopted that way of operating as a couple without mm-hmm. actually stopping long enough to ask, if that's how do we want to operate as a couple? Yeah, who are like, we? Who are Not, we? How do we want to like do life together? We didn't right. pause. We just kind of mm-hmm. like, and we're kind of wired that way. Both of us, <laughs> if we see you mean something, the not pausing, the not pausing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not pausing. Yeah. Y'all yeah. Know. We, we kind of just get after things. Yeah. And so, um, and that's, yeah, definitely something we've learned, but hmm. we didn't pause in the beginning to say, so is how, this what we want to look yeah, like? Yeah, so mm-hmm. how has that happened? I mean, I'm sure that just caused a lot of tension and friction mm-hmm. and trying to kind of navigate, wait a minute, is this even really what we want? Like, what were those, what were those moments, those really like hard moments where you all of a sudden realized like, hold up, this is not us? Yeah. I think there's one? been yeah. quite a few I mean, I think when we look back at ourselves and think what was um, my passion, which I think is a great question that you guys ask a lot of people, it caused us to kind of plow right through that and not think about that, Hmm. that it was more about this is how it looks to do something. Right, exactly. Okay. Without understanding the drive and the passion and the individual gifting and Mm -hmm. the calling and Mm. um, all the things that now we realize are our motivators. But, Mm -hmm. um, and through that, we've realized we've learned a lot and we wouldn't have ended up now where we are if we had not gone on the road that we did. So it's it's been good and it's redeemed, but... I just think even as we look into raising our own kids, we're so intentional now about calling out in them the specifics that we see that are unique to them Hmm. and what makes them equipped for this world and what they have to give individually. And it's not the same as their sister. It's not Mm -hmm. the same as their brother. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to to explore and to do things in an unconventional way. And we really I think started out in this corporate world with Josh and I, he was in advertising, I was in advertising and um, with our first kid cut back, I cut back a little bit working and then we moved to Atlanta, had another kid, I cut back a little more with working and was just mainly working from home at that point and um, he was still following this career, you know, working for other people until a curveball comes in and all of a sudden we're in this world of entrepreneurship that doesn't look like anything we've seen either of our parents doing. Mm -hmm. And it really threw us for a loop of like, how do we live here? What does it look like for this to be us? Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, there's covered a lot of time in that (laughs) last little moment, but yeah, I think um, when I think about like to your question, Andre, like what were the things that, because we didn't pause in the beginning, right. what were the moments? And I think there's there's like several. I think just even Susan cutting back on work. Mm-hmm. Um, we never asked ourselves the question. Let's just. What does it look like for us just to both work? Hmm. Like, do you want to just? Do you want to keep working? Mm. Like, and like to ask that question and to sit with it and get an honest answer on it. 
Hmm. We never really did. We just kind of assumed that it it this needed, it needed like, to be like cut this. down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and more just the roles that you saw with yeah. your family. Yeah, right. Or, which are great roles. The mom and, stayed home. And here's great, just but we didn't sit that. and talk through it. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, and the reality is, Susan and I say this to people frequently, and she kind of rolls her eyes every time I say it, but it is the truth that she was on a career path to where she could potentially. If she had stayed on her career path and I had been a stay-at-home dad, she could potentially be way far ahead in her career at her age now mm-hmm. than I currently am, even as a business owner now. Right. Right? She could be easily a CEO or chief people officer. Like her intuition, her skill, like she could just she could Aww, easily have yeah. dominated that. Well, why do you truth. roll your eyes when you when he said you no, roll your eyes? I, why what do you does when that, you hear that, what are you thinking? No, it, I I believe I could like that's not it's not that I don't believe that um I just laugh because he says it all the time (laughs) so is this like a regret do you feel like this is a regret you guys have like when now that you're I mean now I say that I don't have a it's not a regret for me because honestly I couldn't all the things that I'm involved in now and doing now I could never have imagined being something to even dream towards doing 20 years ago so to me, none of it is lost, and mm-hmm. I think I'm involved in so many different things now that are using my gifts and and helping me to make a difference in a way that I could have never anticipated or expected. I think I would mm-hmm. have driven towards a career instead of a passion, and I think mm-hmm. I live out of my passion now, and I'm able to let that manifest in other places mm-hmm. um, instead of just looking for a career. And I think that's, in in the end, I think that's what we were both really driven by during that season. Josh kind of talked about that he had a hard vision instead of an open-handed vision um, as he was looking at his career. And really, that comes out of a place of of pride, Mm -hmm. right? And so even, I think, my choice to stay at home with the kids, which I would never have given up it's been amazing and i love it but i think there was a certain there's a certain level of like you know i'm at home this is there's a way the the appearance of that and how that looks and this is how we do things and i think now we sit and talk through options a lot more and try to look at them more unconventionally and say you know what specifically are we called to do in this mm-hmm. moment instead of what everybody else does just because they do it mm-hmm. we had not seen other people doing that before mm-hmm. before we move on to the entrepreneurship i want to step back for a minute yeah because there's something that you guys hit on you know you had this when you met you had this crazy lifestyle for a year year and a half mm-hmm. however long it was and maybe before then also mm-hmm. I have a feeling that in that season, the two of you saw the most extreme versions mm-hmm. of of maybe in life. Oh yeah, the hardest, maybe mm-hmm. maybe the parts that you don't like about yourself. I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever. Yeah, Fill absolutely. In the because you've seen it and you've been a part of it together, has that helped or hurt your marriage today? Mm-hmm. Both, maybe. Absolutely, it's okay. both. Okay, it's a both and. I think as we pursued kind of like a more introspective self-awareness and an understanding of like our motive, our personal motivations, our Mm -hmm. shared motivations. Um, We've definitely, you can, when you're, when you look back on your history, like, well, it's not hidden because I did that 
mm-hmm. with Pretty you, hardcore. Yes. With yeah. you. Yes. Uh, you were there. You saw me do that. <laughs> right. And so like, and you saw the patterns that were completely obvious because they were shared patterns mm-hmm. in some instances. And you're like, you know, you just start to see like it's complete self-indulgence in that season. Cause it's just nothing but like fun and pleasure. And so when you're in that mindset, your entire like, um, selfish side, which is the side you're always trying to like get rid of in relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're always trying yeah. to like understand what parts of you are actually being selfish. So you can stop being selfish so you can love your, your spouse or mm-hmm. partner better. But when you've seen it all <laughs> laid bare, yeah. I mean, yeah. but then at the same time you've seen it all laid bare. So it created wounds because I, I did those things to her or we did mm-hmm. them together. Mm. So it's, yes, I see it. We can walk through it together and identify it more quickly mm-hmm. and like put our finger on it and yeah. like get after like dealing with it. Oh, but also we also deal with the fact that you did that and it hurt me. But it's so yeah, redeemed wow. now, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think the fact is that we met, he was 19, I was 20 We were, and we grew up together, mm-hmm. right? There's mm-hmm. a, and there's an aspect of that that, um, I mean, you even look at your own kids and the crazy things that they do and what it's going to be like to look at them in their 20s and 30s and remember those stories. You can kind of laugh at this point. And I think that's where we are now through a lot of therapy and Mm -hmm. a lot of great dating and a lot of transparency is that we thrive on transparency. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's almost annoying for us to, I think, (laughs) if we're like, we're going to go out tonight to go on this double date with these friends like if they just want to sit and talk about surface stuff all night is it even worth going Mm. that's Mm kind of how we feel at this point because i think we've seen the worst in each other that there's nothing to hide anymore so it's this how do we go deeper and deeper into why were we the worst then what caused that and which my passion really i've discovered if i was going to put it in a sentence is to see hearts healed I want mm-hmm. to see hearts healed. And that's manifested in a lot of different ways for mm-hmm. me um, through the years. But I think it really has been spawned out of the relationship that Josh and I have because we were mm-hmm. so unhealed when we met. And mm-hmm. from things that may have been done to us or from things that we've done to ourselves, have had to work together through this process to to see healing come right to ourselves and to our relationship. And so to me, that's really beautiful. Right. And there's a lot of stemming out of that brokenness. So much freedom in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I was thinking about that because, um, I think in most relationships, it's not the same as yours. I would Mm -hmm. say oftentimes where it's like more people are, this is overgeneralizing probably, but more people are trying to hide even from their partner. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. There's something yeah. they're trying mm-hmm. to hide yeah. or create a facade or there's something, right? Yeah. I don't know. No, you feel ashamed of it or you feel yeah. something that you don't really want to like fully expose. And I think yeah. that's what causes the seven-year seven itch or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like the, the idea is like, well, you've been together long enough that all of a sudden it's like, oh, I know. And then you have to deal with it Mm -hmm. where now you guys, you started from a place of transparency, (laughs) Yeah, but we didn't always start there. I mean, we had to work for it. We really had to work for it. And I would encourage people to really test the power of transparency in the sense that Mm. I'll never forget the first time that I told Josh something that I was terrified that if I told him he could walk away. Hmm. He could get mm-hmm. so upset that he could walk away. 
and there was the potential for it, right? Especially if he took it the wrong way. And I mean, the amount of fear, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the heart racing, the sweating, you're terrified, right? Mm. And I cannot express in words what it felt like and what it did to our love for me to share that with him and for him to empathize with me rather than reject me, Mm. to receive what I said and receive that part of me rather than try to judge me, instruct me, or or Mm -hmm. look more about how it affected him. Mm. He moved into me, right, in that place and and Mm. came and partnered with me. And if you can practice that, Mm. your, your marriage is unstoppable. It's unstoppable, I think, if you can share those things honestly. But that's the... Most people are not. You, I love how you call it. Test the power of transparency. Yeah. Like most yeah, people, you have are to like, dip your toe in there's, it. Well, yeah, like, I yeah. do want to say, like, there's yes, I met her, and we meet each other that way, but we we pretty quickly follow up with the impact of the truth. Of course, you know what yeah, I mean. Like, it's, it's not, not just like a. I I see you. I mm-hmm. love you. Thank you for sharing. It's like. And yes, and now now let's talk yeah, about yeah, which is like, transparent too. Yeah. His his yeah. side yeah. of it too. Yeah, um, and I mean, I think that so much of that, like I said, is is a testing and a practicing of it little by little, right? And um, hmm. we've I think grown a lot in that. And I mean, one of the things that that we like to use that helps us with that is called a feelings chart. <laughs> Yes. All right. There's All a feelings right. yep. chart. Breaking yes. all the tips here. Just writing it down. He's no. ready. Yes. <laughs> and jo- do you want to actually share about the feelings sure. chart? Because you brought that to the marriage. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, um, I don't know, it was maybe four or five years ago. I had a couple okay. buddies. They were their business or partners or 10 or something. Or 10. I don't know. I'm not a really great judge of time. <laughs> um, so they were business partners, some friends of mine, and they were just in like relationship red. Right. And so they actually found, um, this guy who basically did research around like the ingrained feelings of the human like design. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you go to a tribe in the Amazon or if you go to, um, Bangalore, if you go to Mongolia, if you go to Europe, if you go to Spain, wherever, you know, if if somebody experiences one of these eight feelings, their physical response, their facial expressions, whether it's tears, a smile, whatever, wince, whatever, is always the same, hmm. which shows that that feeling is a biological element, not just a, you know, ethereal thing that we, you know, try to control and manage and whatever. We are biologically ingrained to have specific responses to specific experiences. Mm-hmm. And so this chart you, that he, and you can see it on, mm-hmm. yeah, on you can your see face. it on people's faces. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, you see and we deal with this with one of our kids a lot where they were like, what's going on? Nothing. 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 <laughs> you're, I love you. I'm you're fine. lying. Pretty yeah. much every lying. teenage and we've had to, parent like, out no, there. Like, side note: like, We've oh had to. Uh, we were talking to um, uh, one of our counselors, and they were like, "You need to take pictures." Yeah. And they say uh, nothing's going yeah. on, and they they come in like sneak that. The shot. Sneak a pic, and so what we've done is like we'll sit at dinner, and I'll just kind of point the camera across <laughs> the table without them knowing. And take a few shots when they're sitting there telling me everything's fine. And then I'll just turn the phone around and be like, so 
what is this person feeling? <laughs> and, and they, yes, and Andre, do time. not do that to me. Every, <laughs> do not do that to me. I'm not using your spouse. Well, I've got plenty of pictures of Susan. I've just never shown her. <laughs> so what are the eight? I'm kidding. I have what are zero. the eight feelings? Zero. So the eight feelings. Oh, let me pull this up. So um, the eight feelings. And what, what I love about it is there's the eight feelings, but then there's also, you know, if you handle it well, it becomes a gift. And if you handle it poorly, it becomes an impairment. So there's, oh. there's the eight feelings and from top to bottom, and they're not in any specific order. That's just how I'm reading them. Uh, there's hurt. I feel lonely. I feel sad. I feel anger. I feel fear. I feel shame. I feel guilt. Or I feel glad. And it was funny. I was actually at a dinner last night with a bunch of guys, and we were talking I made him do the feelings chart. It was awesome. Uh, uh, one of the best, best dinners ever. Um, around some steaks. Around some steaks and some bourbon. And I was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do the let's feelings chart, the guys. Feelings let's, chart. let's go. And so, uh, but what was funny is they were talking about how only one of them was positive. And we were kind of diving into the fact that the reality is, yeah, only one of them is positive because there's not a huge range in positive emotion. It's like, I'm good, I'm happy, and I'm glad. And then there, but there is a large range of negative or difficult emotion because mm. it's easy to handle positive experiences. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I don't have to, it's not a complex thing to, mm-hmm. you know, have a good dinner with friends, but to have a hard conversation with your child, there's a yeah. lot of complexity there. Well, so explain the part where you were saying if you handle it well, it's a gift. Yeah. And if you handle it poorly, mm. it's a detriment. Like, I guess maybe it's what a handle, is- maybe it's process. It's okay. like how you process that emotion and okay. what you do with that emotion. Okay. So if you process it well, if you you know test transparency, if you kind of use it to for self improvement and for relational growth, okay. instead of like holding on to it, burying it, oh, not okay. sharing mm-hmm. it. Like so, for example, saying. a lot of the I mean, men uh, in general, I think a lot of time deal with fear. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of fear and like performance and, you know, am I enough and all the just different stuff that we deal with as, as broken men. But fear when handled well, mm-hmm. when shared, when processed, when brought to the table with others that you're kind of walking through with becomes wisdom and faith. Mm-hmm. When not handled well, when buried, when swallowed, when not shared, it becomes anxiety. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can I can share this. I can text yeah, this to you Yeah, you know, we are definitely going to add this to our show notes for sure. We'll put a link to it. When the guy I that came up with it is really, called Chip Dodd. Yeah, yeah I think he has really some books helpful. out there um, about emotion. And we keep copies of this around the house hmm. because I've found that like written down, it's really tangible, especially with kids. Yeah. Or if I'm feeling really heightened or something's emotional, especially heaped on with some shame or some trauma or anything that's going to make the conversation much more difficult to have these in front of you, like mm. validated, and you don't have to come up with in your mind or heart what it is that you're feeling. You can look at it and go, hmm, you may not ever identify that you're actually feeling lonely. And that's the reason that you're angry mm. right now mm-hmm. is because you feel alone. Um, but when you see it and you're reading through them, it's a lot easier to pull those those words yeah. out. Mm. We do it with our kids. So we used to do like really complicated family meetings and <laughs> took hours and everybody was angry by the end of it. Um, Josh had written this whole like uh, it based agenda. On, it was based on a, an agenda we use well, at the office. While one kid's in the, in, like in sleeping, oh, and another kid's yeah. daydreaming. Oh, and worst. you had this thing at the end where you could rate the meeting and it was always like, <laughs> out, of out of 10, it was like fives <laughs> across the board. Um, 
but we started just super simplifying it and just using this. And so yeah. it's on Saturdays or Sundays when we got around time meal. around the breakfast table, we'll be like, all right, pass around feelings chart. Where you at? And basically mm-hmm. they'll run down the chart, not feeling that one, not feeling that one, definitely feeling shame. Mm-hmm. Why? Feeling fear. Why? And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, that, we've been doing that for about a year now. Mm-hmm. And that's been a game changer. I mean, one of our oldest daughter is a freshman in high school. Uh, our mm-hmm. middle child is a fifth grader in middle school. Both of them just started a new school this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our son is um, a fourth grader at uh, another school. And so it, it's it been a huge kind of tool for us mm-hmm. to just kind of get her. So our son, he dealt with just last year, just kind of you know performance and trying to impress his friends. It's every kid, mm-hmm. right? That's not... That's pretty universal. Um, and we were talking about feelings. And he said, oh, I just feel like crazy. I'm like, buddy, that's not one of the feelings, man. <laughs> it's it's like, not on the feelings chart. Is not, I'm sorry, buddy, but feelings really. is not on the chart. <laughs> and, and he was like, well, I was like, so why do you feel crazy? He's like, well, I just last year I just tried so hard and pretended I was somebody I wasn't, and I didn't have to do that. I was like, oh, buddy, that's, that's guilt or shame. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh. Like he could identify it. I was like, so which way is it going to go? And so, you know, and it's really easy for them when you help them, obviously. But they can immediately connect with it and be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yes. And so, yeah, it's helped us a ton. Mm. Do you... um do you integrate this into games of poker with your friends? <laughs> 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 do you determine how well the hand they have? Yes. So what are you feeling right now? Right now I'm experiencing a lot of fear. <laughs> I'm experiencing a lot of fear. Like, yeah. He's like watching. I'm go- taking oh, pictures I'm, to anxiety. I'm, I'm just yeah. glad all the time. Yeah. 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 Put your glasses on. Yeah, exactly. Glad all the time. But I, I feel it seems like they're having an association of feelings, maybe even mm-hmm. in a relationship with each other, the two of you. Yes. It can mm-hmm. at least you can understand each other better. Yeah, Is that a absolutely. Fair way? I think it's so helpful, like what you were saying, Susan, which, when things are heightened. I think mm-hmm. that's the hard yes. part is like when things are heightened, it's just going to go to like explosion yeah. and door slamming and whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you can just get down to the real truth of yeah. what the experience is instead of this, you know, like it, the last straw is never what the issue is, right? Yeah. So. Yep. The not doing the dishes or whatever it is yeah. that all of a sudden you're like flying off the chart about yep. is not the issue. That's not the thing. Yeah. And so the feeling thing actually is good to kind yeah. of get to the bottom of it. Yeah. The root. I, yeah, I feel like our dog has all these same emotions also. <laughs> we, have, we have a very emotional dog. Like yeah. it's like yeah. <laughs> we are not I was thinking about anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. I wanna jump back ahead. So you yeah. started the entrepreneurial journey. And um, start this business, mm. and there's a lot of highs and lows in that, mm-hmm. right? And yes. how did that? How has that affected your relationship? So Susan mentioned earlier about a hard vision. She used that phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. that's exactly yeah. What said, yeah. And mm-hmm. hard vision versus open hand. Yeah. yeah, and I. So when the opportunity arose for my business partner and I to kind of jump in and start this thing because of my career and all the expectations that I had had throughout my entire career of the type of work that I wanted to do. So I'm in advertising and marketing. So like the type of creative and the stories I wanted to tell and all this kind of stuff. And I'd had a few successes where I got to create some really special things. And so my whole thing was, we're going to have an agency that does nothing but special things. <laughs> and that's, that is potentially so now, six years later, the most unrealistic statement I could have ever made. But, yeah. 
Um, but vision. Listen, yeah. I see it. It's vision. Yeah, it's vision. Well, yeah. I see it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. But like the, the issue is like, I think what I didn't realize was how much, and this is both in the four walls of the business, but in our home, my bullheaded approach to what we were building was breaking relationship mm-hmm. and hurting people mm-hmm. because I wasn't, I was so locked in on getting to that finish line that I could see so clearly mm-hmm. that I was leaving a wake of people behind me trying to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, that meant like just ignoring really good insight from current employees who are no longer with MFN, probably because I ran them off, you know? <laughs> um, so, hmm. yeah, I think just kind of having blinders on to a vision hmm. uh, is enough to, you know, cause a lot of damage. When there's so much that goes into starting a business, especially that first year or two, there's you're giving so much, yeah. so much. Y'all know. And um, I think my approach to this was I'm behind you. You know, we're going to I naively was thinking it'll take one year, year and a half to launch this thing and then we'll be sweet sailing. You know, like it'll be. <laughs> Don't we and all? So I'm just going to I'm just going to like, you know, just hunker yeah. down and, and basically shut down my emotions for a um, year and a half or your dreams or my anything, right? Anything with I'm gonna you come behind him and we're, and we're going to get this done. And like, I think we both in a different way had this concept of a finish line. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, but different, we, different. And then probably not spoken right. about out loud. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So exactly. like an expectation yep. that yep. was not discussed. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Go ahead. And so, um, all the while I'm, you know, this quality time, person and so even when josh was home he wasn't present Mm. he was continually thinking about things that were going on what he wanted to do tomorrow what he needed to do next week what had happened Mm -hmm. today and so um once we finally got to out of like the the constantly building and maybe a little bit more of like building and maintaining i was able to kind of open my heart back up again and be like I'm not okay. I'm hurt. Mm. I don't Mm -hmm. feel seen. I feel like, and you know, I don't know how many of you guys do the Enneagram, but I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And so for me, it's always about, which is an enthusiast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's always about optimism. I like to look at things in an optimistic way. And Josh is a three is always going to come with the problems that he needs to solve to get to the next place. And so even in the way we were communicating about the business was really hard for me because he'd come <laughs> home unloading all these things. And you I'm like, why are we sacrificing today? so yeah. much if nothing's good? Right. You know? Yeah. And, and, then and then I'd have he, to pause and be like, no, no, no. It, this is great. I stuff. love this. Uh, they yeah. were all it there. Good. Yeah. It's good. He just I'm having a great different time. Perspective. But can you <laughs> yes. believe? Yeah. So I had to learn yeah. to advocate mm-hmm. for myself once I started opening back up saying, now I need to hear two positive things that happened today. Mm-hmm. Instead of just expecting him to come in, I had to yep. start, instead of just letting things happen, start advocating for what I needed. And that was really helpful for me too, because mm-hmm. as a strategic thinker and as a kind of somebody who's mine never really turns off. Um, it forced me to, I had to put a new lens on my day and on my experiences before I walked in the door because she was clear. She's like, you have to tell me two positive experiences. <laughs> it's like, okay, I need to think about the positive elements of my day before walking <laughs> into my house, right. which I, I'm not, 
naturally inclined to do. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep like tearing away at problems till they're no longer problems. Mm-hmm. And so um, it just, it was good. I mean, it's, it's actually even made me more of an optimist and it's actually given me even more um, kind of like calm resolve, mm-hmm. I guess I would say just like peace. So it's that, it's that uh, open-handed vision. Mm-hmm. It so, is. It is shifted. So yeah. you, I loved how you were saying we both had different finish lines. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. As an entrepreneur, I don't know that I have a finish line, which is so much healthier. Is, oh, and that's where we are now. I don't know, I wouldn't no, call I would that. agree. <laughs> Jeffy, <but laughs> this is a never-ending. It's ending, a never-ending race. And yes, yeah. we want to have goals and benchmarks, yeah. but yeah. I think having a finish line is different than a goal and a benchmark, right? So, so wait. So, how do you guys now get on that? similar same page same page well, i think so much of it it's it's interesting because it's become much more fluid for us yeah. and i think we operate in a much better place with that fluidity yep. saying what what have we received today right mm. what what like we're pushing towards this it's not happening mm. so what what's actually there what what are we receiving what are what are what can we work with that is here mm. and so being willing to move over to the next lane if yeah. instead of driving like crazy right. into this wall to try to push through all the time. And there's times you, you need to do that. We're not, right. but I think we were doing it so constantly that it, it, I mean, brain damage, right? Like we yeah. needed to slow down and start looking around and receiving what that is. And daily, daily, like we even talk, mm-hmm. like Josh would even talk about how he even had, just to even get through, I think when you're in that kind of building survival mode, you would have daily finish lines. You know, being yeah. in bed watching Netflix, that's my finish line yeah. today. If I can just get to the bed and get the Netflix yeah. on, then it'll be okay. Which causes you to power through dinner, putting your kids to bed. Mm, every you, moment. Every moment not before being that. Present yeah. You're not those. present because you're trying to yeah. get to yep. bed and Netflix, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I think more than anything, it's removing those finish lines. And just receiving what is, as being where I need to be and being present has really helped us in the home and in our relationship. But I think also even in the work that I'm doing and in your business. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Susan, I know in the work you're doing now, I don't know every aspect of it, but a big part of it is, I mean, honestly speaking to lives of other women, Mm -hmm. right? And um, so I'm curious how, how you're seeing these tensions play out in the people that you're kind of advising and especially like the next generation yeah. is really who you're speaking to. So mm-hmm. what are you seeing as kind of like the constant problem tension points that the next generation of women are feeling? Well, I'm seeing with a lot of women, especially in their twenties, a kind of disillusionment with a lot of the stuff we were talking about earlier that there's been, I think, this big swing of influencers and all this fake, made-up way of presenting yourself. It may not be the way that Josh and I felt like it should be, the way our parents looked. It's kind of different now. Mm-hmm. But this lack of authenticity has left a lot of disillusionment in mm-hmm. this generation now. And I think being able to really share with them what it means to be authentic and the power of, of self-awareness and honesty within all relationships has been really empowering and freeing because they feel like I need to look a certain way or I need to, I mean, a lot of kids, you see them even in middle school is when you start to minimize what's unique about yourself. 
Hmm. And you start to try to conform into mm-hmm. what the majority, yeah, of what whether you it's see. the majority of what your school is doing or the majority of what culture is doing. Right. You don't want to stand out, so you minimize what's unique about yourself. Mm-hmm. But then you get to this place in college where you want to be unique, and, mm-hmm. and you can't even really remember what that is about who you are. Right. And so, a part of what I'm really trying to work towards is helping young women to understand that it is good for them to stay unique, to, mm-hmm. to know who they are, to have a, a unique identity, to know their gifts and not to lose that, mm-hmm. to conform to having people quote unquote like you. Cause mm-hmm. in the end, who do they like? It's not you. Mm-hmm. They like this concept of you, the way you're presenting who you are. And there's not a lot of voices sharing that with, with women today. And so by the time they get to their twenties, they're really confused about who they, who are, they are, what they want. Mm-hmm. They've had broken relationships because they're not being authentic within the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think just really being able to start at 10, 12, 13 years old, understanding that it's okay to be different and unique and be who you are. Hmm. That's really good. So in that same kind of thing, there was a point in your relationship where you were even saying that you weren't being authentic right. you. Like you mm-hmm. said, I don't feel like I'm being seen. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like my needs are being met. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you had that discussion together, was that hard? I mean, was that (laughs) for you to hear? Uh, It's so easy. You know, what was, was that a fine? It was was great. (laughs) Because a lot of times it's like goes to the man of like, uh, you better change some shit Mm -hmm. because this is not working. Yes. So like, what does that, no, really what she said was, you're perfect. I've got to work on these things. <laughs> this is what I'm working yeah. on. It's funny. We have the same story. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Good job. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I hit probably last year when I turned 40, and I'm like, is this what a midlife crisis is? But it was really like I had this week of, as I'm kind of moving into with this whole concept of heart and identity and really starting to try to understand the race relations in America. And that's kind of where my passion for healed hearts is moving into right now. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like I was hitting some roadblocks. And so trying to receive what was in front of me, like we talked about before, it was like, is this not right? Is this not where I'm supposed to be? And it kind of like, went down into this idea of like, did we miss it? Did I miss the chance? Was I supposed Mm -hmm. to start an agency with Josh when I was 20 and we were both in advertising and Mm -hmm. I missed it because of the choices that... The thing we adopted as what we should do. Yeah, Yeah, because of what I thought I was supposed to do. Did I miss what I was really supposed to do? And um, (laughs) to to good or bad, part of what I like to do when I reach places like that is kind of live in that for a little bit. So it took me like a week of living in that feeling of like, whoa. Okay. And that's always really fun for he me. He loves it. It's a great week. I'm like, oh, house. she's feeling something deeply, <laughs> and she's feeling something that is painful, <laughs> and I don't get to know what it is yet. <laughs> this is awesome. Because I don't know. Because yeah. I'm processing it. But it's fine. I'll let her process it. Yeah. And um, I mean, part of what I've had to learn through counseling, whatever, is to feel my feelings. Right. I think mm-hmm. so many times, especially as a seven, I don't want to feel my feelings. Mm-hmm. I just want to have another experience to keep the me happy. It back up. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yep. And so keep the high going. That's yeah. right. So out of discipline, I really have I try to feel what's what I'm experiencing. And so it was really great because at the end of it I realized no, we weren't. 
we weren't supposed to do that. And where I am is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, but that, that was really hard. And I think that instead of just flying through that question, it's important when those kind of things come up to not be afraid to face it. Because what if the answer had been yes? That would change where we are right now, right? And what we were supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, I think all of this hit her at the same moment that uh, my hard vision was being, like, cracked wide open. Mm. So we were really struggling as an agency. We had we had lost like a seven figure project and we were just, it was, we were reeling from a pretty big hit that was totally unexpected. And so we were trying to figure out what it looked like and we were like, what's wrong? Why aren't, why won't this work? Why won't this work? And it's a little bit of like mm. what she was walking through in her passion is why is this not happening? Why are we not moving forward? Yeah. And really she came to me with that and it was, she kind of got okay with it on, on her passion, but it also caused me to have to say, what am I missing? What is like, what she, she came mm-hmm. to me. It was like, what is your passion? Yeah. And I was like, not your job, not your work. Well, but she, she was open to that being the answer. Like she expected that to be the answer But within your job and work. What is your passion? Yeah. That's driving the job. And but the ultimately work. what, what I liked when I sat with that question, I said, my family is my passion. Hmm. Like, you guys are my passion. If I'm passionate about something, mm-hmm. it's my people. And it it just totally reframed even my li- as an entrepreneur, like we can just get so locked in. Mm-hmm. And it totally reframed my purpose for being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. My my passion around my work and what I'm good at. Uh, when I do it well, it should just be there to enable relationships, mm. whether that's with my family or whether that's even just with the people that are brought under my stewardship in my company. Mm. Like if I'm not nurturing and reaching out and trying to influence and lead well in that space and in home, then there's no point in doing any of it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no point. It's because I don't care about cash. I don't care about like mm-hmm. fame, but I just have gotten so trapped by the vision. And so when she when she kind of came to me with that question cuz she was wrestling with that herself and it was just it was kind of all <laughs> swirling in one I like I think we had dinner with you guys moment. around that time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was a it was a great one. It was a good dinner. You'll remember, yeah. What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. no, we left <laughs> and we were like something really yeah. good yeah, is going to Yeah, I'm we were something good yeah. is going to come we out processing of this. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Um, when it seems like every, I, I, you know, I think though that hopefully every couple at different seasons in life have those moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's going to be turning points that we all have mm-hmm. where we reevaluate, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, here's what we've been doing, and why have we been doing that, mm-hmm. and what do we hope to do next, right? Yeah. Or what do we want to be about in the yeah. next season? I mean, I think it's like. As much as there's a lot of fears that go along with those moments mm-hmm. of what if I said what I really want to my partner, mm-hmm. yeah. In that same moment, that ultimately is the freedom. Yeah, yeah. We absolutely. Need, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think also there's in relationships we somehow think it's okay for us to change, but the other person's not allowed to change. Mm-hmm. Like they have to be the same so that <laughs> yeah. I can be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, but if you think about how much time you spend with your partner, mm-hmm. 
they are going to change several times over yeah. as oh, an yeah. individual. They're going to learn things, grow, change. Like they're going to be a very different person at the end of their life than they were when you met them. You guys yeah. are very different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. The raver over there. Absolutely. I can still dance though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that I mean and that was we actually so we went through all that transition mm-hmm. early because it was an intentional like okay, we've got to like we got to healing from all this stuff and figure out like how to how do we get into this? Why did we run to this road? Let's figure this out. But then we kind of lived in a healthy place. And then there was another season where it was like we had a little friction because we were both changing mm-hmm. and we didn't know how right, to cope right. or understand it. And then we, there was, I think. And people don't like, talk about it. You talk about it yes. more, I think, like in the younger years. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, whatever you want to call it, I don't think it was a midlife crisis or whatever, but I think that we hit these seasons every seven, 10 years that you cycle back to these things, right? Mm-hmm. And you're seeing them from a new more experienced position, but yep. it's still these core things With that, a little that more we're processing. Right, yes, exactly. Absolutely. And I mean, from what I can tell, this is probably going to keep happening yeah. <laughs> and, until, until yep. we are no longer here. And so I'm hoping by the next time we cycle back, I'm not going to be as surprised. Mm. I'm going to actually maybe go into it in a celebratory way saying, yeah. wow, like I'm still growing. Something yeah. is new and different and being excited about that mm-hmm. this time and being able to reflect and evaluate from a positive place. So where are the two of you at now? I think oh we're gosh. both in a really good yeah. place now. I think that Josh got to really uh, restructure the whole approach of his company from that and it's been extremely successful. Yeah. It was mm. exactly what the market needed and and it was there. It was just he had not seen it because he was driving <laughs> pride, so yeah. forward. It's like, no, that's not where we're going to be. <laughs> we're going here. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and I think for me, it's been amazing to see these new opportunities opening up for me, yes, with women. Um, and also, I do a lot of work with students through Passion Conference, and then I've been able to, through that, go, and, and I'm getting to go into prisons once a month and meet with women mm-hmm. there. And Tuesday night, I was there with a, a large group of women just talking about these things and seeing their hearts open up and be heard and even um, I'm about to launch a website actually this week called Hello Susan Robinson where I'm going to be sharing my journey just to try to understand the black American experience and and how our hearts are affecting the conversation and making it so difficult Mm. coming from shame like we talked about earlier and trauma and you have people carrying shame people carrying trauma trying to talk about such a heightened thing it can become really explosive like we've seen but it doesn't have to be that way Mm. if we can start addressing our hearts in the process i think that we can completely recreate the inheritance the racial inheritance we pass down to our kids it doesn't have to be this way Mm. um so all that's kind of opened up since we were willing to pause and look and say I'll, I'll change whatever it is if I need to. Hmm. Um, so we're, yeah, we're excited. Okay. I mean, I've got pages of notes here. So <laughs> now I think we probably need to get to our last question. Last question. Yeah. <laughs> so is it possible to change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family? You want to take it? You both, you both get the opportunity. To yeah. It. You don't and have it can to be agree different. with each other. Yes. You take it. You go first. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. Josh and I were laughing, and I was like, I know they're going to ask this question again. <laughs> but I was like, sometimes I hear it, and it's and it's um, more about work, and sometimes it's more about passion. And I'm a big semantics person, so I'm like, I wonder how they're going to address it to us. Um, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, She's this got word two means different this, answers, and I this promise, word yeah. means that. Yeah, yeah that's and true. So, we do yeah, sometimes exactly. switch up yep. the word. And, but like, my classic answer is going to be like, how do we define change the world? Right. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. so much of what we're hearing in this kind of global world, global mentality that we live in is that if we're talking change the world, we mean on a global perspective. Mm-hmm. And to me, what I've learned is that's awesome if that's what you're called to do, but you can change the world through one person, mm, right? Yeah. You can mm-hmm. change the world through your children by creating healthy adults. I mean, children that grow into healthy adults that mm-hmm. are not having to <laughs> go through all the stuff that Josh and I have been <laughs> having to talk about going through. Um, so I think with my perspective being that one by one, that mm-hmm. then multiplies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think you can. And I think that as long as you're more open to receiving how that's playing out in your current circumstances, instead of driving towards what you think changing the world is supposed to be, mm-hmm. you're going to be a lot more successful in doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll say yes. I think you can. I think, you know, Susan's already mentioned it. I think I've already mentioned it. As long as you're the way in which you're trying to change the world, as long as you're flexible with it mm-hmm. and yeah. you can kind of bend and roll with the punches because they're going to come. And if you get knocked out, then, you know, you're just going to, you're going to kind of miss out on what might happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, staying in love and doing it together and being transparent um, mm-hmm. and just being kind of open with what it looks like. Because that flexibility plays into you. If something's hitting crisis point with Josh, I'm able to go to there mm-hmm. instead of just, forgetting him to move towards this goal that, mm. that I feel like mm-hmm. I have, or, you know, you get a diagnosis or you have something come up with one of the kids that you're flexible enough to move over to there. Mm-hmm. Then I think that it's absolutely possible, mm-hmm. but it, but it requires an awareness. It requires communication and it requires a flexibility yeah. about the back and forth of constantly moving towards yeah. one another. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now it's time for the breakdown. Yes, they are amazing with yeah. so much wisdom. So much wisdom. I love, love, love the whole part about testing the power of transparency. Yeah, what a powerful thought. I think that is probably one of the most scary things you can do. But I did like how she was saying that it could be like the most powerful thing for your relationship that. I mean, she was like, you can overcome anything. And I do think that's probably true. Yeah, but most of us, don't we do that. don't want to test or we don't want to test that out. Yeah, it's we scary. Yeah. It's vulnerable. There's a lot of things with that. Yeah, so usually it comes back to um, maybe testing the power of transparency in our purpose, testing the power of transparency of things that we really want that we haven't told our partner testing transparency in maybe things that we don't like about ourselves, maybe Mm -hmm. in our feelings and honestly, and sometimes in more intimate things in our lives too. Yeah. But she did say about like just dipping your toes into it, starting with smaller things Mm -hmm. 
and building um, trust and building that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a building that has to happen. Yeah, I will say for you and I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think when we first got married, we, I know we weren't as transparent as we are today. Mm-hmm. There was things that um, we had to reveal to each other, and but then the flip side, it's like, <laughs> what's funny is most of the time our partner already kind of knows. We don't think they know. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, this hard vision instead of an open-handed vision was really interesting of just that idea of like as soon as the, the, that you open your hand and you receive just what is in front of you, how much more freeing that is, how much it... Um, I mean, they even talked about how they it's like you're bulldozing your way through and hurting people along the way for this one vision outcome finish line. And that might not be the same finish line as the person you love. Yeah, exactly. And even, yeah, not even matching what your partner wants either. Right. Um, There's some, there's this progression of conversation that we're going through right now of like not being willing to be transparent you know, not having the same level of finish line because we actually haven't talked about it, not being able to communicate our feelings because we don't know what each other wants ultimately because we're not able to be transparent. It's like there's these, it, it all just goes builds together. on each other. Right? Yeah, and it all just goes together. Hmm. The feelings chart, all the feelings, feel my feelings. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. It's and I think it's noticing it. that too. Like, so... Feeling your feelings, but also noticing the feelings. I think some other couples have talked about this. Like if I notice a sense of bitterness, if I notice this feeling of whatever, and then being able to communicate that with your partner um, so that you are also being seen and being heard and being, you know, a part of the conversation. Yeah. I... The one thing I don't love about the eight feelings is there's only one that seems positive, but it actually, the more that I've gotten into it and I've tested it out in my own life and with other friends and you and other people, I, I, they're right. They're right. Those are the feelings that are emerging. Um, but to me, like the glad thing is always like, well, that's the only positive one of the eight, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I want, I want to live a life where I experience joy and gladness and happiness more. Um, which means I have to be willing to identify when those other feelings are permeating. And how good is it to use it with your kids too? I mean, to have them to be able to openly express their feelings versus us kind of, I think it's really easy to tamper down the kids and just move them and shuffle them along to your agenda Yeah, and what you need to get done that day, what needs to happen mm-hmm. or their sports and activities and you just, it's easy to tamper that. And yeah. I think it's a beautiful way to allow kids uh, to be transparent in your own family dynamic, too. We need to integrate that more with our kids. I know. I'm going to print out the chart right now. Are you really? Yep. And I'm you're going to have it out. Where are you going to put it? Well, I'm going to put it by like the, the kids' room and just around. Like surround the house with the feelings? Just, sure. Why oh not? Lord, Let's just try it out. Go. Let's do an experiment. One on the refrigerator. We'll come back and let you know how it goes the, next week. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, please follow us along on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash love or work. And man, take a moment, please take a moment and subscribe to this podcast. We love our subscribers. We are thankful for our subscribers and we want to start this new year off 
with more subscribers, more people like you that are trying to engage this tension of love and work. And yeah, I think, I think this is a perfect episode to start that new journey with us. Well, thank you everybody. And that's another episode of Love Love or or Work. This episode was produced by DJ Obdiggy for Soul Graffiti Productions.